Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Today I want to share a word of encouragement. Last Sunday we had the most amazing day with our uh, Dr. Peter and Mercy and Marty celebrate their 20th uh, wedding anniversary with Newell of Vows in the second service. And uh, they said, oh, we'll have maybe 50 of our friends come. Well, it was well over 100 of them came from all over Queensland. And if the borders were open, we would have had heaps more. And we had the most amazing day where they danced down the aisles and celebrated and worshipped from Nigeria. And it was an incredible day of the family of God. Remind us that our church is inclusive, all ages, all nationalities, all backgrounds. And look, we look around today and that's who we are. We're a big family. Today I want to share a message that will encourage you because it's about exhortation and encouragement. Hebrews 13.3 says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's a powerful thing. It says to encourage one another daily, otherwise your heart might get deceitful with sin and the the negativity and the pain that happens in our world and no more than it is now. So encouragement's one of the ways to keep hardness of heart and deceit and sin out of the way. Because you're encouraged, you'll stay close to God's heart and you'll fulfill His purpose on your life. The uh, NIV says, but encourage one another daily so exhort and encourage one another daily the amplified says but continually encourage one another every day every day means when you're feeling like it and when you're not just like if you're a parent you're a parent every day not just when you feel like it so we're encouragers and some will say I'm not sure what my gift is let me tell you everyone can have the gift of encouragement it's one of the ministries that we can all pray we can all worship and we can all encourage but often it's a choice to do it. And uh, some of these thoughts were stirred in my heart when I was reading the Word for today, um, and uh, it just opened up this whole uh, journey for me, and I want to uh, stir your heart. Say, the Greek word for exhort is parakaleo. It comes from two words, one mean, uh, meaning alongside of, and the other meaning to call. This is the root of the Greek word paraklete, which is the name Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. So one of the key ministries of the Holy Spirit is to exhort and encourage us in our walk with God. So you can never be more like the Holy Spirit and never more in tune with His ministry than when you are exhorting and encouraging others. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? Hey, so when you're encouraging, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful powerful ministry when you exhort and encourage others because it comes from the same uh, root word as the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible actually says he is our divine encourager. Listen to this in John 15, 26. And I will send you the divine encourager, the Passion Version says. From the very presence of my Father, he will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father, He will speak to you about me. So one of the names for the Holy Spirit is paraclete, comes from that root word, which is divine encourager. How awesome is it when you're having a tough day and then all of a sudden a a song will come to mind and you'll start to worship and all of a sudden you're encouraged or a scripture will come to you or someone will text you, say, just thinking and praying for you today and all of a sudden your whole day changes. The enemy's trying to rob and steal from you and, and swamp on you with anxiety and fear all around us. But 
The Word of God comes and all of a sudden you're encouraged. Or your thinking will just change. A thought will drop into your head thinking, hey, it's a tough day, but God's awesome. And all of a sudden you start to live your life differently. And how powerful when you are used by the Holy Spirit to encourage someone else. I think that's one of the greatest things. I love receiving gifts, but how awesome is it when you are the one who gives a gift? I love having answers to prayer, but how awesome is it when you turn out to be the answer to someone else's prayer because you listen to the nudge of the divine encourager to contact them, to send them a message of hope, of prayer. Acts 9.31, I love the book of Acts. It says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. So when you've got encouragement flowing and the Holy Spirit's encouragement flowing through you and I, guess what? Everything grows. It gets stronger. It gets more powerful. It's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to let fear rule us. It sometimes takes a step of faith to encourage. There's a few people have, I think, a special gift of encouragement and they can't help it. It just overflows them. Just like some people are givers. They can't help it. They got, they're down to their last $3 and they will give it away. They're just givers. They can't hold it. Some people are encouragers. It just pours out of them. They can be in the worst situation, like... Apostle Paul on the ship and it's about to go down with the 276 people. He has an encounter with God and he says, hey, don't be, don't be afraid. Be a good cheer. We're all going to survive. And they're saying, you're mad. 14 days. We haven't seen the sun. We're all going to drown. They've thrown everything out to survive. And here's Paul, the, the eternal optimist and man of faith because he was in touch with the divine encourage of the Holy Spirit says, we're all going to survive. And they'd given up listening to everyone else. So they sort of said, Really? He said, come on, let's have some, our, eat our last bit of food so we've got some energy so we can survive. And I believe that God can flow out of our hearts by His Spirit. To encourage is to put courage into someone. For those who know their English, the prefix en means into. So when you encourage someone, you're actually pouring courage into their soul. For whatever their situation, journey, pain, need, brokenness, or fear for the future, when you encourage them, you're, you're pouring in liquid courage into their mind and their heart and their soul. I reckon that's one of the greatest ministries we can do on earth. Parents, you can encourage your children. We can encourage one another on ministry teams. When someone lets us down, instead of getting angry and upset, address the issue, but then find a way to build hope and encouragement. Because he's the God of hope. He's the God of hope. An exhorter can help turn a loser into a winner, a lazy shirker into a worker, and a pessimist into an optimist. You know, you can, you can be at a workplace, everyone's really discouraged and down, and how are we going to do it? One person pipes up and says, yeah, we got this and this and this, but I believe we can do this and this. And all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere of that room changes. One person can change the atmosphere of a huge crowd for good or for evil. And as Christians, full of the Holy Spirit, the divine encourager, the paraclete, you have the great opportunity to bring life and hope wherever you are. 
And I think that's a great privilege that we have. They inspire others with renewed courage, spirit and hope. They have a ministry of affirmation and appreciation. It's important to remember the distinction between appreciation and affirmation. We appreciate what a person does, but we affirm who a person is. And I think that's powerful to understand that. Now, appreciation comes and goes because it's usually related to someone's accomplishments, but affirmation goes right to the heart of a person because it is directed to that person's worth. How powerful is that? So when you're encouraging someone, don't just thank them for the awesome meal they've cooked or for uh, what they've done or said or sung or given. Then thank them for that. That's appreciation. And then thank them for who they are. Thank you for this gift. But you're always a giver because you love to help people. You've now thanked them with appreciation and you've now affirmed them for who they actually are. And when you put the two together, let me tell you, everyone will be running around full and overflowing with energy and hope. It's very powerful to have that. And my wife taught me that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a born encourager. I will exhort and find positive in any situation. But my wife taught me a long time ago, Marilyn said, you need to thank them for what they've done, but you need to also speak into who they are. When she writes cards and letters, that's what she's always done. So I learned that, and then this week I read it and thought, you're years ahead of this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's really important. An exhorter has the ability to make you feel good about yourself. They uplift, inspire, motivate, and make you feel better just by being around you. Exhorters and encouragers always have lots of friends because people love hanging out with them. Just doing, doing life together with them. You don't have many friends, encourage you, learn to be an encourager and an exhorter and you'll have lots of people love hanging out with you, doing life with you, doing coffee with you, just doing stuff together because encouragers and exhorters always make people feel better. Not flattery, just honest encouragement and affirmation. Flattery is where you do something with an agenda. Genuine encouragement, appreciation doesn't have an agenda, but you love the person and want to uh, see the best in their life. And sometimes you just say, hey, you're made for better than this. God's hand is on you. As we were worshiping today, I, I, and we started singing that song, You Are Holy. Do you know what the word holy means? Set apart. Set apart for a purpose. And I saw, as we were worshiping and singing that song, I saw this wrestle with some people's souls today. And the enemy's trying to keep you back in, in the old schemes. Or your broken past still speaks to you and say, you're a failure and you're not a success. And you can't overcome this addiction or this pattern. But I felt the Spirit of God say, no, you are set apart. He is holy. And as you worship Him, He's reminding you that you are called to, for His kingdom and purpose. You don't have to start down where you are you don't have to go back to that old thinking and I saw this wrestle going on and all you had to do was lean in and say God I don't know how to do this but by your spirit I'm not going to give up encouragers will stir you never to give up Never give up the battle or the struggle. And the Spirit of God, the divine encourage you saying, come on, I've set you apart for my kingdom and freedom. You don't have to go back to the old ways. You don't have to settle for where you are because I'm lifting you. You don't have to live in that place of fear or shame, but I'm lifting you and I've called you 
and set you apart. God, you're so good. If you encourage someone, you give them confidence. For example, by letting them know that they were, they're doing, what they're doing is good and telling them that they should continue to do it. When things aren't going well, he encourages me, telling me never, never give up. I want to ask you the question, who has been one of the greatest encouragers in your life? Just have a think about it for a moment. Just have a think. Who's been one of the greatest? Or maybe there's been more than one. If they're still alive this week, I want you to find a way to thank them for being an encourager for their, in their life. If they've passed from this life, thank God that they were in your journey. Because sometimes we just take it for granted. Because encouragers generally don't look on the outward like they need it because they're always positive. But if that's their love language, they appreciate it when encouragement does come back. They don't need it, but it stirs them to keep on going. Who do you regularly encourage is the next question. Who's God put in your world that you can be an encourager? And some of you can answer these questions really quick. Others, you need to think about it for a while. Or maybe you say, well, I'm just not the positive type. I always see the needs and the problems. Hey, we've got different personality types. But when the divine encourages the Holy Spirit's inside you, you can't stay there. You, by the Spirit of God, he will wrestle you and say, come on, let's live out what the divine encourager has called you to do. The Bible says that Barnabas was an exhorter so much that he was referred to as the son of encouragement. His nickname, because he was such an exhorter and encourager. Acts 4.36 says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Wasn't even his real name. His name was Joseph, but you only ever hear him as known as Barnabas, the son of encouragement. He sold a field, he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. A bit further on, Acts 11.22, news of what was happening in Antioch reached the church of Jerusalem. So the apostles sent Barnabas to Antioch as their emissary, as their ambassador. When he got there and witnessed for himself God's marvellous grace, he was enthused and overjoyed. Mate, get an exhorter, overjoyed, anything can happen. <laughs> he was enthused and overjoyed. He encouraged the believers to remain faithful and cling to the Lord with passionate hearts. Oh, I love that. He encouraged the believers to remain faithful and cling to the Lord with passionate hearts. Do you know if you're enthusiastic, you've also got some of God's nature in your heart? Because the word enthusiasm, E-N means in, Thus comes from theos, is God. So when you're enthusiastic, you're expressing that you're in God. Some of these words, we don't understand what they really mean. But this is what God's put in our hearts. Acts 13.2, it says, While the leaders were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And they were thrust out into leadership and ministry. Acts 14.3, so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. When you're an ex exhorter and encourager, you love people and love is one of the doorways for the supernatural to flow. Jesus was moved with compassion and people got healed. 
So when love and compassion flows out of your heart, God says, okay, you love that person. I can trust you now with this supernatural gift of healing or deliverance or breakthrough over their life. So love and compassion, God will trust you and release more and more of his supernatural power in our hearts and in our lives. No matter what your other gifts are, it's a powerful doorway that God can release in your heart and life. And encourage has the ability to do three key things. Number one, they, conf- they can confirm. Acts 14, 21 and 22. After preaching the wonderful news of the gospel there and winning a large number of followers to Jesus, they retraced their steps and revisited Lystra, Iconium and Antioch. At each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers and encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. And they taught them, It is necessary for us to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we'll endure our many trials and persecutions. The church was facing a lot of persecution under the Roman rulers and the religious uh, people. And let me tell you, Australian Christians, there is persecution happening and there will be more and more challenges and trials in our nation. And we've got to be strong. We've got to be full of hope and faith. Yes, the kingdom of God is being released and we'll see a great harvest. But there's also great opposition. Paul said there's a great door of opportunity and great opposition. And that's where we live today. But don't be afraid. We need to encourage one another more to live in his victory and his overcoming. An exhorter is a pillar of strength in difficult times. They know how to motivate the tough to get going when the going gets tough. They throw a life jacket of faith to the believer drowning in a sea of fear and doubt. Let's be ones that throw out those life jackets, those lifelines. Hey, you can do it. Life's tough, but with God's grace, you can do it. So number one, they can confirm. Number two, they can console and comfort. Acts 16.40 says, So Paul and Silas left the prison, went back to Lydia's house, where they met with the believers and comforted them and encouraged them before departing. So encouragers can console and comfort. Not just cheer them on. Yeah, you can do it. You need to be God's cheer squad. But you need to also have comfort and consoling. Paul and Silas had been falsely accused, beaten with rods, thrown into a prison with their hands and feet locked in stocks. When the word of this reached the church, the believers were really discouraged and depressed. Remarkably, after Paul and Silas were supernaturally released from the prison, remember they were praising and worshiping in the night, the earthquake comes, their uh, stocks come off, all the prisoners are free, the doors supernaturally fly open, they walk out, they've been beaten and bruised, and what happens? Instead of looking for consolation and comfort for themselves, Paul and Silas go to the church and offered it to others. That's what exhorters do. They don't live in self-pity for very long. They just can't stay there for very long. We all have moments and seasons where our life gets on top of us. But you can't stay there for long because the divine encourager, the Holy Spirit is in us and he will say, come on, it's time to arise. It's time to step up. It's time for the church and our nation to step up with courage and hope and truth and declare that life across our nation where there's so much fear, so much negativity, so much anxiety. God help us to arise and to carry this hope. Romans 12, 8 says, if you have the grace gift of encouragement, there is a grace gift and some people have it in buckets fulls, then use it to in, often to encourage others. 
Use it often to encourage others. So thirdly, it's confront. Philippians 4, 2 and 3. And I plead with Judea and Syntyche to settle their dis- disagreement and be restored with one mind in our Lord. I would like my dear friend and burden bearer to help resolve this issue. For both women have diligently labored with me to the prize and helped in spreading the revelation of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. All of their names are written in the book of life. Revival's happening in the church, but now there's two um, women who are in an area of serving and leadership were having a clash and they couldn't resolve it. These two prominent women in the church couldn't get along with one another, so Paul took on the role of peacemaker and confronted them. He was friendly and fair, but he was firm. And God wants us to have the courage to speak into situations with wisdom and grace. You know, prophecy is to encourage. 1 Corinthians 14.3, but when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and to bring them comfort. I don't know how many times I've been greatly encouraged through prophetic words over my life. And uh, God's used people to prophesy over my life, over our life, over our churches. And I keep a record of all the significant prophecies that have happened to my life and over my life. I've got them written down in uh, in chronological order of when they've happened over my life. And every now and then I refer back to them and I start reading them. And before I get to page two or three, I've got about 15 pages of them now. Before I get to page two, I'm ready to jump out of my skin and take on the world again because they just encourage us. Hey, if if that's what you really believe about me and you've sent prophetic people and prophecies from all over the world in your time to my life, what am I doing worrying about the future? Prophecies will inspire you and encourage your soul. So don't ever despise prophesying. Even occasionally you see someone who prophesies and you think, I'm not sure if that's all of God. Hey, don't ever despise it, the Bible says, because if it's done in the Spirit of God, it will inspire you and transform you and it will do something in your soul that nothing else can do. That's why God's designed the spirit of prophecy. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for His purpose. And don't despise them because you're the one who misses out and you'll try and rob other people. Let the Spirit of God flow through our lives for His kingdom. Ephesians 6.22, and and it says, this is Paul writing, and he will also prophesy over you to encourage your hearts. Tychicus was one of Paul's fellow works. He said, I know you're having a tough time at at Ephesus. Here's Tychicus, he's going to come and he's going to pray with you and prophesy over you and inspire you to keep on going for God. Each person is significant and valuable in God's eyes. Exhortation is often a neglected gift. No ministry is more needed in the church today as that of encouragement. It's so easy to find discouragement and more difficult to find encouragement. There is usually a person or a group of people who will always be ready to tell you why it won't work and point out the negative. Wet blankets, we used to call them. You got an idea? I think God wants us to do this. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, we tried that three years ago and that didn't work. Hey, if God's doing in it, listen to the Word of God and find some people that are going to encourage you. Be polite and nice to the ones who are not helping you. Encourage them to find a better way. But then get around people that are going to stir up your faith. 
And by God's grace, this church is going to be a place where dreams can be realised, where hope can be stirred up, where we can reach high schools with the, the good news of Jesus Christ, where we can help the homeless and the broken, where we can reach out for the addicted and those that need help and hope. Those that are anxious can come and find a place of peace and their souls are set free. That's what the body of Christ is meant to be. So let's encourage one another. Don't put it one another down. It might be impossible, but God loves the impossible dreams. When He's in it, He makes a way. And we've got to let the Holy Spirit show us how to keep arising for His kingdom and His glory. I get a bit excited about this because this is my passion. I've been preaching this for a while, but God stirred me this week. He says, you need to speak this word over people's hearts and lives. The negatives usually seem to talk louder and longer than the encouragers. Have you noticed that? Mate, they just keep on going. Decide who you listen to. You've got a choice. What voices you're going to listen to. And let's make sure you've got enough voices of hope and encouragement around us. No matter. Secondly, exhortation is a needed gift. No matter how well things may be going or how well someone looks on the outside, every one of us can use some more encouragement. Encouragement is so important that the whole church is to be involved in it. Listen to this, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 in the Passion says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works is expression of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. That sounds like COVID, eh? Some people are struggling to reconnect for all sorts of reasons. And that's not a condemnation. It's just a reality we live in. But we need to connect. And I love seeing the church full today of people saying, hey, we're going to get together and worship God together. We're going to keep connecting. We're going to find ways to connect and encourage one another. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So really, church is not really about you, it's about him and others, and you'll get the overflow in the process. That's what a heart of service is. It's not just coming to meet your needs to be met or to be encouraged. As you come with a heart to love him and bless and serve and encourage others, you'll, have, you'll live with an overflow in your life. I've found that over and over and over again in our hearts and our lives. The Amplified says... And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Wow, we're getting close to the end times and Jesus is coming back, but let's live every day passionately for his glory. Church is to be a place where people are encouraged and exhorted not to be put down or discouraged. We need to encourage people when they don't uh, appear to need it instead of waiting until they do. If you wait until something good happens, it may be too late. Develop a habit of encouraging at least one person every day and many more if possible. Just to wrap it up, here's a couple of practical ways. How do you encourage one another? Number one is words, spoken or written, social media, email, text, handwritten card, a handmade or bought gift, attending an event, a graduation, a birthday celebration, an achievement, sharing... Uh, a meal together, prophetic, and most of all, prayer. There's lots of different ways that we can encourage. And some of you will be better at some than others. 
Proverbs 20, 20, 12, 25 says, anxious fear brings depression. Well, that seems, sounds like what's happening across our nation right now. But a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. Wow, we've got that opportunity as a church, as believers, to bring that to people. Ephesians 4.29 says, And never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. Uh Uh-oh, we all do that sometimes. We get disappointed, misunderstood, frustrated, angry. It says, never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. I love that. Let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. And if you can't encourage, you've got to really sometimes think about, should I be saying this? Is this Holy Spirit inspired or is this just coming out of my hurt self and God help us to put a guard over our mouth Proverbs 14 1 says every wise woman encourages and builds up her family but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions whoa Mary and I have been in ministry long enough to see that sadly come true we've seen some build up and some tear down and not just women men are pretty good at it as well how else do we encourage one another by the word of God Romans 15, for whatever was written beforehand and is meant to instruct us to how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. When the word of God will inspire you. I can be tired or discouraged. I open the word and start reading. And rarely do I get more than 10 or 20 verses into that passage before something strikes my heart. And then, God, you are awesome. You're almighty. Why am I so worried about this thing? The Word of God will bring great strength. Thirdly, listening and sharing the journey of life with someone. Don't give up on people. Keep believing in them. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Because of this, encourage the hearts of your fellow believers and support one another just as you have already been doing. As I wrap it up, worship team, come on up and join us. Romans 15.5 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Wow. God who gives endurance and encourage. God is the one who encourages you. Some of us see God as a, a judge that's just out to condemn. Sorry, you have a wrong picture of who our God is. He's the God of hope, the God of encouragement. Yes, he will address things that are, are sinful and wrong but he'll do it in a redemptive powerful way by the spirit of God and number four there are times when there's just no one around and guess what you've got to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord don't always wait for someone else to ring you up or send you the message why don't we do like David did in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 it says David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of them were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. They'd been out fighting battles for God. They come back and their own hometown was, was raided, overrun. All their women, children and possessions were taken. They get back and the men are just so grieved. They said, oh, David, you've done this. We're going to kill you. David thought, God, 
There's no one here to encourage me in this crowd. I better find out how to encourage myself in God. There are times when it's you and God. And it says, David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How did he do it? I reckon he reminded himself of the promise of God. He reminded himself of the times God had shown up and broken through. He would have prayed, probably sang some songs. And we can do the same. We can pray in the Spirit. We can worship. Focus on the promise. Remember the blessings. 2 Corinthians 13 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. These are the last words he's writing to the Corinthian church. He says, Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Wow. So in Paul's final words, encourage one another is in the middle of it. So no, long, no matter how long you've been a Christian, maybe today you're still trying to work out where's this God stuff fit in my life. That's okay. The Spirit of God's here today drawing you, encouraging you. Let's stand in His presence. In the last verse, Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Hold on. Is that a suggestion or an encouragement or a command? He said, I've commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Discouraged, D-I-S, means without. So when you get discouraged, you lose your courage and strength. When you get encouraged, someone puts courage and strength into you. And I pray today, you're going to leave this place today encouraged, full of strength and hope for the future. And you've purposed, Lord, who can I encourage today? Before I leave this place, I'm going to find five people to encourage. Before this week's out, God, show me some ways on who I can encourage and what I can say and do that's going to help impact their life. Don't be afraid, discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.